Okay. Good evening, ladies. Good evening. We are three weeks away from Rosh Hashanah. Um, yeah. yeah, this whole this whole safer Mesel Sharma is really uh, a reminder that life is about self improvement, about being better, doing more, going forward. I actually I said last year. The wise Rosh Hashanah called Yom Hatrua and not Yom Tekiah. Right? The main Shefer Bull is Tekiah, right? We call Rosh Hashanah Yom Trua, and I pointed out, it's not my own vart, it's not my own thing, but it's brought down. They would blow Truas when the camp moved. And in life, especially Rosh Hashanah, is supposed to move ahead, go forward. Steig. Steig. Wow, amazing. That's all Yiddish. Uh, Ah, uh, you've heard it yeah. here. Okay, good. You're supposed to stag. You're supposed to go ahead. You're supposed to go forward. And really, this month is all that kind of preparation. When you really think about what will be decided on Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, all of the permutations—not just for the year ahead, because what happens next year will affect the rest of our lives to nothing less. <laughs> Nothing less, but it worked the vector of eternity. I mean, you know, that little, little change of path, that little itsy bitsy change could affect tremendously so much of the things that we want and we hope for, hope for the positive, for the good. But Sarah Shashanam Kipper, and uh, it's good that we're learning this now because it's helped this safer, helps us grow, helps us do more. Helps us be, do better. And we're actually up to a new chapter, I th- which is one of the most important parts, uh, 18, 19, uh, 20, I think actually the longest part of the Sefer. And all of that is talks about Hasidus. All the talks about, first, the, the, the 18th power, Perak actually, it's, yeah, it's definitely the longest part of the Sefer, talks about acquiring the Mida of being a Hasid. Now, we're not talking tonight about sociological movement in the 18th, starting the 18th century, going into the 19th century, called the Hasidic movement. Uh, if you would like to learn about that, I have a wonderful lecture online uh, in my history series called, uh, I think it's the Hasidim and their illustrious opponents. It's the history of the Hasidic movement. You can learn all about the Hasidic movement. Uh, that's a approach. Amongst that Hasidic movement, 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 there are people who practice Hasidus, not this Hasidus piety, there are those who are culturally, they speak Yiddish, that's Yiddish, but they're far from Hasidim, they're just, they're dress-up dolls, you know. And in the Yeshiva world, in the Sephardic world, all worlds, all of the different streams have very pious Jews, and many, very, not, not as pious, righteous, but not pious. Um, but today we learn how to be righteous and pious. Uh, and what that means, what it means to be pious, because pious really, actually chassidus, um, it's, it's very hard to define. Like piety sounds very austere. Doesn't it sound like austere? Like you think of someone serious, very, you know, rigid. That's what like, Americans think of. They like, still think of the scarlet letter. Remember the scarlet letter? Mm-hmm. Did you read the scarlet letter? Didn't read it in Moscow? What? No? Scarlet letter? They let you become citizens without reading the scarlet letter? 
Nope. Good thing Trump won. This is it. Now, Scholar is one of these books that everyone has to read in high school. Right? I mean, it doesn't make a difference. It's like one of these books, and really it talks about the Puritans in uh, New England of old, and it gives a very um, austere feel for them. Um, you didn't miss too much, by the way. Don't worry. Don't worry. Don't read it now. I promise you, you won't. No. You will not miss that. No, I have a lot of good books for you. That's not one of them. Um, but when you hear piety, you hear piety, people think like very serious, like rigid. Um, and really, Chassidus is the ultimate. It's like I, I, I you know, I always say a, a, a geschmack, an amazing marriage. You know, geschmack. Taste. What? Taste, flavor. Good. Well, amazing. <laughs> Gavaldic. This is, you, ready, you ready for Williamsburg and Borough Park? That's it. <laughs> We're standing straight. Uh, right? If you have like a schmacka marriage, you have a great marriage, you love your marriage, you want to do, like you're mentioning, somebody's wife, right? You want to just do for the person. You want to give to the person. That's what really Chassid says. When, you're, when you love Hashem, you don't want to just do the bare minimum. You want to, you want to live it up. I don't call that rigid. I call it amazing. And the concern, of course, is to do things correctly. Meticulous people care about their, their things that are important to them. You know, um, it, the, the details make a difference. Um, actually, Jonathan Kay was mentioning last night at the Hisham Rebbecha about the rabbi who did his wedding. He's very meticulous. <laughs> Everything should be there. <laughs> What's the rabbi's name? It's, it's really unimportant, but... Uh, <laughs> But but what his point was is the importance of that. That's really what he was stressing. Like he realized, like the wedding is so important. Attention to detail. I know, but what's that, what's that? The wedding is so important. When you think about a, a Jewish marriage, that's the beginning of life. That's like you want to do it correctly, and like the details make a difference. That makes a halachic difference. It makes a hashkafic difference. You think of it by the wedding, it's important. If something's important, you pay attention to details. Uh, something is important, it's not it's a labor of love. It's not it's not a burden. Right? It's it's it brings joy to a person. That's what a chassid is. A chassid's a a a labadik new what's his labadik? Labadik? Lots of energy, lots of life. Life. Labadik. Life. Life. Uh, we should call it Yiddish, right? <laughs> Uh, right, a labedik life. If you are chassid, you know a real pious Jew is freilich. They're happy, they're energized, they're exuberant, and they love to serve Hashem. That's what it means to be a chassid. It's all of that. It's not this austere, you know, lifeless. It's filled with life, filled with energy, filled with excitement to do ratzon Hashem. And even the fear and anxiety that would be there at times is because it's important. And things that are important you take seriously. So with that, in Elul, as we approach Rosh Hashanah, we're going to take our journey into Chassidus in uh, the 18th parak. When he needs um, the trade of Chassidus, he needs a thorough, a full clarification. Because of the many practices and approaches that people claim are chassidus. Not everything which is marketed that way is that way. You know, um, 
somebody called me today and they wanted me to do a wedding for their daughter. Very, very, very successful people. Now, they call me, they research me, not from San Jose, from Northern California somewhere. So I started telling them, not religious, but club reform. And I said to them, I have three requirements. First, the conversation starts that although the reform, the daughter, when she was in her top university, well, you know, but not Penn. No, 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 not the best university. The top university. And she was in you went, she, she went to the University of Chicago and then Harvard, like these, like. But, but, but she like she used to go to the Chabad house and she was semi-orthodox and she only went to traditional wedding. Fine. She asked me would I marry off somebody who is two two people who are not who are reform, not orthodox. I said no problem. I said I said I have three conditions. Number one, Taras Mishpacha. Number two, I control the witnesses and, and how the ceremony goes. I'm doing the ceremony. Number three, the food of the wedding has to be kosher. So, Mishkmif was fine. She didn't really comment about that. She said, well, we're getting some kosher meals. I said to her, I said to her, you know, like, I, I can't do it if it's not a kosher wedding. I'm not going to, uh, they're going to get married and then the next thing they're doing is eating a Big Mac. That's not happening. Uh, so, she tried to kill me, but uh, but I said to her like, you know, you want an or- you said you want an orthodox thing, like you know, it's not what you want. Um, you know, Hasidus is sometimes people, it's like they have part of it, and that can be very. You can fool yourself, by the way, that this is okay. I'm talking about people who want to be pious now. I'm not talking about. That's an example of somebody call call me to the, to an orthodox ceremony, and if the minute the wedding is over, the food's gonna we're gonna have shabbos on. It's gonna be trave, huh? <laughs> right? Uh, I, but there are, there are people who have all kinds of notions in life of what's piety. Right? I once read a reform thing that they went to the to get before an abortion. They went to the mikvah and made a bracha, shukayim. In a vera, killing a child, making it go in the mikvah, make it, and they think like they're doing a whole act of certain. I'm telling you, they think they're pious. There's no question about it. Now that, that's again kolko, but there are people who are very religious, big yamakas or small yamakas, think they're doing super duper things, and not always is it chasidus. What you're going to real chasidus is. By the way, just like a marriage, I mentioned marriage. I'm telling you, I live vicariously. It helps my own marriage. Uh, also my own life. You see some people, they want to do well in marriage, and they're completely idiots, completely destructive, and all in the name of the good marriage, all in the name of helping, all in the name of goodness. And it's like, they think they're doing it, it's like parents, the same thing. I'm, the, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna discipline this kid, I'm gonna teach this kid. And I mean, well, they're, ed- they're into education, right? You know, and then they destroy the kid. It's not, it's, they call it parenting. So, what really is parenting and what really is shalom bias? And what's, the, what's the real McCoy? And Chassidus also, there's lots of, you know, you can, get, you can get fooled by shenanigans of people and things, especially religious people, especially if you're not savvy, you can buy into all kinds of schoolot, schoolos, this, that. It's very easy to get on a false path of piety. So, you got to understand that, and there are people who claim to be Chassidim, the Ainam Ella Galme Chasidis. These are crude forms of Chasidis. Crude. You know what crude is? Primitive. They're lacking form, they're lacking shape, and they're lacking refinement. I.e., they're not authentic. 
they're not and they, they look these people they're very very religious are very very from are very very claim to be you know saving the world saving the whales saving the boats I don't know saving the galaxy saving you know uh, some some star somewhere all in the name of Tikkun Olam and they're claiming it's Chassidus it's there's a real thing and there's all kinds of fake decoys um how do people end up wanting to be pious but doing things which are either foolish silly wrong or dangerously spiritually dangerous um where's this come from lack of examination actually some of these books they give us Philberg the Kabbalah connection the Kabbalah this is like Madonna learns I, 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 I was gonna, you know, this is like they learn Kabbalah Kabbalah it's like I can't believe these people who learn this stuff they don't have the foggiest idea what truth is they can do every sin in the name of Kabbalah and uh, every 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 Avera, and they think there's there's six, and even think they're spiritual. I mean, I've ha- I, I I had recently a guy walk into the to the shul. The guy was Russian. His father was Jewish. His mother was not. He came to buy tzitzis. So I was in the middle of learning this, and I said to him, "Come back." You know, I get my email actually. So he emails me. He needs it for his prayer. I first I told him he's not Jewish. I told him in a nice way. I said, "Oh, your father's Jewish." I was, you know, you realize. Yeah, he knew. Uh, he actually, the guy the CFO of a company, of a high-tech company, uh, not Google, uh, but you know, a small company. And it, so he emails me. He needs he needs the tzitzis for his tefillah, for his prayer. He feels he's being stopped from, from his. He's right into the Kabbalah center. I'm like this guy. I mean, I'm not gonna tell you like his appearance. I mean, it's not like it's like pop spirituality. I'm telling you, the guy thinks he's living a spiritual life. Uh, you know, he's a Gentile in halacha. I'm talking about us. There are all kinds of Jews doing all kinds of craziness, taking their energy. You know, we only have so much spiritual energy. We only have that much. I remember what my Shiva used to always say. You know, you gotta save your energy for the important things. If you do, if you get involved in all things which are not that important, his name was Rizal Epstein. He was a great guy and a very wise man. And they say sometimes people, men, put on a tie and they're not even wearing a suit. Do you ever see someone wearing a tie and a suit? So they do this act of piety that they're not ready for, or it's immature for them, or it's a, that's not what they need to be doing. They're not wearing a suit and they're walking around with shorts and a tie. That's how they are. The tie looks, hopefully, you know, a good tie with a suit. You look good. But, you know, actually at the K wedding, someone ripped their pants. This Bacha ripped his pants. He had to go run and get a pair of shorts. So this guy was dancing on the dance floor with like a jacket, a shirt, and shorts. I was like the funniest scene I ever saw. This guy was, was dancing. He's like, you know, he's like dancing on the floor like that. And he's wearing shorts and like this white shirt and pants and, 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 and a jacket. It was a little bit of a silly scene. But you know what? Spiritually people do that all the time. They do things that they're not really there or it's not really them. It's a bad fit in the name of piety. I mean, what in the, first of all, that Kabbalah is a joke. A joke is it's it's like it's like cliff note should be cliff note and probably crooked. But like, what are these people learning Kabbalah? They don't even do halacha. They don't even keep the beginning of olive base. Like, what in the world is that? And Kabbalah is like for way beyond. 
Right? So like they're putting on a tie, which is a which is backwards, by the way, because not for, it's not even real. And they're not wearing any clothes. Maybe they're wearing shoes, and, 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 you know, and socks. Right? So you get a, a person has to, to to use understanding, insight, uh, think about what makes sense, ponder what's real, be honest who we are. These people, there's like you know, there's a religious cult. A few religious cults the past ten years. Well, they was one cult in Beit Shemesh. These women were wearing burqas. Mm-hmm. There's another cult. They were running around Canada and then Central America, called Lev Tahar. Were doing crazy stuff, and they thought they're all pious. There's religious cults. Huh? So, so the guy wearing the shorts at the wedding not worn shorts? Oh no, I'm not saying he had no choice. He had no choice. He had no pants. He had no pants. No, but I'm saying it's, it's, it's funny. He didn't care. I don't think he cared. But it's a funny sight. It was like, you know, when you're 20 years old and you're, you're just doing, you don't care. But when you're, I, I would be... Yeah, I mean, one thing if he'd come to the wedding dressed that way. Yeah, he so didn't come that way. No, 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 no. <laughs> He's, actually, I know, I, I know his family a little bit. So, no, no, it wasn't like that. It was like... It was sad boxes. Yeah. Too much info. Uh, um, so... Uh, Ella, so these people, there are people though who, who, who don't think through what they're supposed to be doing. Who just don't think through what makes sense for them. Uh, to really know and understand what Hashem wants for, from them as individuals. They aimlessly try to act piously. Like, well, you know, this makes sense to me. You know, like, just jump on something, you know, it's like hop aboard. Uh, you know, you know, there's a flavor that goes that that that, that goes there. They didn't really plumb the depths of these matters. They didn't weigh them out in general. So some things are good for some people. It's not good for you. It's not who you are. It's not your background. It's not your level. It's not your comfort zone. Or you may be at that level, but you're married and. You, it's not for your family or your kids, and you, they can't do it. You know, you gotta, it's, we're not talking about halacha, we're not talking about black and white law, we're talking about extras, the extras in life. Right? So one time, it's good for some people, not good for you. you know, and some things are just fake and phony and dangerous. Um, you know, I've seen you know, mentally unstable people do all kinds of stuff, but I've seen even... You know, very healthy, emotionally healthy people jump on the wrong bandwagon because they really didn't think through life. Uh, they didn't really ponder what, what, what's really Hashem, what Hashem wants. It does this make sense? Is this, and you're, you're you're putting your energy in it, and they're like you're it, you're excited to do these things. Like it's like this is your your spiritual you know spiritual people of all people. They're very creative, and you can put someone in channel that correctly, it could be channeled in the wrong way. Uh, you could just be going in the wrong direction. Um, and, you know, instead of driving north, you ever get before, before Waze and MapQuest and GPS, I, I, I still, I rented a car and looked to the K-Wedding and they had, like, they had to get like a rented GPS. Nothing beats a built-in GPS, just for the record. I have to make sure people know that. It's, you can't imagine. It's, a, it's, it's literally this little thing. I'm like, where's my normal GPS driving around northern Jersey? Just to get out of Newark Airport is like a miracle, right? Uh, you know, at the end of the day, you know, before that, if you're driving the wrong direction, you get really lost. 
And there are people who are searching and spiritual. I'm talking about Orthodox Jews. I'm not talking about you know, some hippie in Santa Cruz or the Aptos. I'm talking about like an Orthodox Jew. They're just searching and they go down dead alleys. And they go in the wrong direction. And they're so full. Of, and what happens sometimes is they have a lot of energy and then they burn out. They, just, they, they, they put so much. It doesn't connect. You know, you gotta, you gotta be, you know, that's why it's good to have hadracha, you know, to be pointed in the wrong way, to, in the right way, excuse me, to have, to use your brain, you know, not just your heart, not to be lazy spiritually, to investigate things, to understand things. Um, you know, there are, unfortunately, uh, even, there are very few. I'm actually it's crazy on the way here tonight to Shul. I was walking down Blackford from my house, and some older person, very fine person actually, stops me. Rabbi, what am I doing about my Catholic church? So I'll the Catholic church. So I wasn't about to tell him that's a Varazoro, that his folk, faith. What do what, 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 what I tell him? I said, but you know, he was, he was disturbed. I mean, you have these terrible things that these priests amongst, and this guy actually told me, he's an elderly man. He said when he was 10 years old, a priest tried to touch him. Guy flat out told me that. Sick. Sick, sick. You know, it's, you know what that does to people? You know, I was telling him that my mother-in-law said, she says, professional social circle, the damage that a molestation and abuse does damages your life forever. It, it, I mean, the question is, could you make positivity out of it? It's a real emotional scar. Uh, it's like, it is, and it's usually authority. So, you know, I hate to say it, there are, there are even religious Jews who could do those terrible things, not like the Catholic Church, which is infested with this, Chas Vashem to compare the two. But there are people, but there, more, more profoundly, there are charlatans out there, or there are, or there are misguided people, you know, who are charismatic. I mean, all you have to do is look at Shabtai Tzvi. You know, all you have to do is how the Karaites became a movement. Right? There are very misguided, very charismatic people out there. And they can mislead you, right? People, there were, there were a large percent of Jewry that followed Shabbat Tzvi, especially Sephardic Jewry. A large percent of Jewry follow the Karaites. Those are mass movements of Jews. A large percent of Jews ended up in secular Zionism or communism or all kinds of isms because they were following leaders. Now, those were not religious movements, but you should know that part of the appeal to some of these kids was on spiritual tones. Communism is a great equalizer. Zionism is the state of Israel. I mean, and I'm talking about religious Zionism as a replacement for Torah. It's a person can get misguided. You know, you can move somewhere, you can go somewhere, you can get caught up in stuff, um, and meaning well, trying to be religious, trying to be uh, to be holy. Uh, but they didn't think through the things. Um, and Now, he's going to talk people doing like crazy acts of piety, which we'll get to shortly. But he says, these people who, who, who act uh, all religious uh, and do, do this, they, they, they ruin it. They ruin it for the masses because people think these people are Meshuga. They're crazy. This is what you do. Craziness. Um, including even some of the intelligent people. People think that Hasidus acts of piety is dependent on Hevel, stupid things. 
are, are things which are contradict intellect. common sense. The Yamino Ayas Kochasidis Tolrak Pamirs Bakashis Rabos Viduim Gedolim. They all start to think that in, to be a Chassid, you got to stay in Shul all day. You know, like you know, be a little OCD. Shema, 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 Shema. I say to Hillam, and don't leave, and just move out. You know, or but I say a lot of Hillam is a good thing. But he's saying overly, overly doing that. And crying, and bowing, just but doing you know in a vilta, in a wild fashion, in an unhinged way, um, in an unhinged way. Apparently, there are people who afflicted themselves. Um, they did crazy things, like what? They would jump into snow or ice to break down the physicality. And they thought they were being holy by doing this. By the way, that's what the Christians would do. Right, like you know, some of these monks. Um, now nobody today does these things, but there's other things today people do. These were things that people in those days would have said are acts of piety. and these pseudo Hasidim, these phonies, these fakes, these charlatans, right? Don't realize You know, at some level, there's there's aspects of these things. That are needed, needed for people who are doing probably tshuva, who are doing tshuva. Some run the purushim, and some of them for, for uh, purushim, which are, I don't know what purushim are. The Pharisees, that's us, by the way. I mean, we were called purushim, the Pharisees. That means people were very pious. The, 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 um, if, um, the Sadducees, the Tzadukim, or the Baitusim, or the, or the, the friends of Rome, Called the probably seventy-five to eighty percent of Jewry at the time of the Second Temple in the the Prushim, right? That the leaders were Prushim, and they called all of us Pharisees. And you know who else calls us the Pharisees? Early Christians, right? Anyone who don't do this, don't, don't read the Scarlet Letter and don't read the, the Christian Bible. But if you're ever in the read the Christian Bible, um, I did just have to deal with certain people. Um, you know, they talk about the Pharisees. That's us, by the way. That's all of us. We're all, we're all Pharisees. We're all Purushim. So the Purushim are people who are, who are, who are very careful about halacha. We come from those Jews in Thomas Eka Beis Nebuchadnezzar. Um, so there are aspects, aspects of this which we should be doing. But it's like wearing the tie again. You know, you're wearing a tie. You gotta know how to make a tie. You gotta make sure the tie is the right way. And you gotta know you're ready for that tie to be worn. And you gotta, you gotta know, like, if you wear a tie like this, better not to wear a tie. I'll try this. Can't discuss this for the, for the tape, right? We're gonna tie like this. Oh, you yeah, well, uh, I'm you, got, you get the idea. Um, better not to wear a tie. It's actually you look like an idiot. You look like a shaita, a fool, to wear a tie like that. It's that case. Better to walk around without a tie. To wear a tie in a silly fashion, even though a tie could be edifying, it could make you look sharp, could you make you look refined, distinguished. But if you're going to wear it in, in an abnormal fashion, or you're not wearing the right clothes to wear a tie, you're wearing a t-shirt, you know, maybe in like weird places like Facebook they do that, but, uh, but, but typically, you know, you're wearing a t-shirt or a tank top, it's not a place to wear a tie. Um, for the body tshuva, or even pious, regular pious, you know, it's not, the, it's not the essence of chasidus. Uh, 
even 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 anything which is good in this, it should be compensating chasidus. Ach metzias hachatzidus, true chasidus, atzmo is davar omak moi. This having this passionate geshmak depth of relationship with Hashem, which you take on more and you do more and you're happy and you're freilich and you're excited and, and you're doing more than you have to do. It's not the black and white obligation. It's doing more. It's doing, taking on more. That, it's, it's not superficial. It's going deeply. And real chassidim, the chavetz chaims of the world, who was a true chassid, um, a, 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 a true chassid of Ulagayan, who is the greatest Vesnagim, but also the greatest chassid. In fact, on the Graz, who is the biggest, who is the head of the opposition to the Hasidic movement, you know what they put on his, on his kever? Hagayin Hachasid. And you know what the Balhatanya, when he, when he talked about the Vilnagayin, because apparently there were a few Hasidim who were happy he passed away because he was the opposition. And the Balatanya said, Chas v'shalom. He was a goyin v'chachasid. Right? He was a true chassid. And you know what's on it? A hashkafic chassid. But a spiritual chassid. The Baal Shem Tev was a chassid. Of course, the Balatanya. Was a chassid. Now I'm talking chassidic. I'm talking about, uh, you know, a pious Jew. That doesn't come from pop Kabbalah or pop culture or reading an article in I don't care what magazine Mishpacha or Ami or Hamadiyah, certainly on some online site, oh, this is how you become really holy. And you just follow like a ducky. Oh, see, I'll do that. Sounds good for me. And just apply it to your life. That is not chesedis. Now, there may be wisdom there. You know, I I have seen some wisdom at times in all of those periodicals. In Hamadiyah, I've seen some wisdom. I've seen some in Ami. I've seen some in Hamadiyah. But being a monkey and copying somebody who you're not, or just reading about something, like all of a sudden becomes mamish. Amazingly, this is Hashem's ratzah, and someone writes an article. I've written an article. It's not hard to write an, art, write an article. Right? It's not a hard thing to do. You write an article. Wow. Because you write for this magazine means you're, you're, you know what you're talking about. It means nothing. I mean, something. And they publish too. But isn't it? People read things. They, they go online. They do. Would you, do. would you imagine someone taking medicine online? Would you recommend that to somebody? Prescribing medicine to themselves? They have a condition, they get to take some antibiotics, they figure out which antibiotic online. No, no. Some people try. Oh, for sure they are. <laughs> no, no, and for basic things, you can do that, right? There are basic, how to deal with a cold, or some allergies, or you know, minor illnesses. Certainly, I don't think it's... And Jewish law also happens to be, there's some good Jewish sites, for basic halakha, Basic questions, you could probably get the right answer. We got it. But that's how you become a chassid. You just learn something superficially like that. You, just, you know, you, you see something, you just you, you apply it, you know. You can get um, commentary from the, like h.com and quad.org. You can have them send emails to your phone, and then you get little reviews every day. Those are great. The Torah stuff. Yeah, no, no, so those, are, those are very nice things, but. but you know, and, and to the extent that it's inspiring and informative, you should take it. Those are wonderful, wonderful websites. Uh, and the periodicals I mentioned are also not bad. Um, but the point is, is you got you to know, 
you know, what's being said, how it's being said, and what applies to you, and who is applying to, and at what level, right? If they're talking about inspiration, and it's inspiring, great, right? It's about dipping apple tips in honey in Rosh Hashanah. Yeah, that's a Ramah, based on a tour, that's a Minig Yisrael. So we all dip apple tips in honey. But they talk about other things, which are not necessarily for you. You better know that, right? You, you, you hear some story about... Uh, the chicken woman, or or a holy lady, or any of these other stories in H.com, or Chabad's own stories, it may or it may not be for you, right? It may be, it may not be. Uh, so, but, but it takes thought. Uh, right? The, the, the sages said themselves, Lo amar an ignorant person is not a pious person. You gotta under, you have to have a, a depth of understanding of Torah. Um, you know, and, and I mean this in the nicest way possible. Um, I have, uh, for years, I mean, I'm talking about 20 plus years, uh, uh, dealt in the world of Bali Chuva and the world of Yeshiva, as I see both. And there's differences when a Bal Chuva very often, or Bal's Chuva becomes observant. Um, very often the passion can, there's no yeshiva kid who has that passion or, or girl, seminary girl who has that passion. They're very excited uh, and it comes from an amazing place and it will propel them through a lot of the challenges that a baller baller's tshuva has, a family of change of life and difficulties. But very often it's, it's not a knowledgeable passion. This person who is so gung-ho has very little primary or core knowledge, and they can do things or accept things or apply things to their lives, which may or may not be appropriate, which may or may not be spiritually and emotionally healthy for them. And they really need to have somebody watching out for them and helping them along that way. We all need that. Every yeshiva kid needs that as well. Every basako girl needs that as well. But Bach need more because they didn't grow up with it, and they're like, all of a sudden you're just taking things on, right? you know? Uh, and doing all kinds of stuff, uh, or doing the wrong stuff, or taking the wrong steps, um, and it's not just passion. It's 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 a knowledgeable. It have to be knowledgeable. What's what's the right thing to do? Um, unfortunately, uh, the FFB world well, very often they lack that passion. <laughs> they need they need that passion. A lot of these kids are just like ah. so. Like it's there's no perfect world, and we all have our struggles. But th- there is a danger of thinking you're pious and not having knowledge, right? Thinking you're pious and not really understanding what, what things are about and who you are, right? And who you, and who you really are. Um, I think I mentioned this, by the way, that I was once sitting next to Ray Greenwald, uh, who is a very, actually we have a very prominent uh, psychotherapist coming to the show, I was staying by my house. I'll probably have him speak. Um, but I had another very famous, very, very, very uh, big psychotherapist. It was Rabbi Yaakov Greenwald. He was a tremendous Tamacha. I think he's, I think he's long, but maybe he wrote a book called uh, Advice from the Stapler Going. He had a very, very, very prominent practice on anxiety and OCD. He was a tremendous Tamacha. Um, he's actually Mrs. Lieberman's great uncle. So there's like Ronnie Greenwald, Yaakov Greenwald, and Shlomo. Oh, those are three brothers. So the Moor Seminary was his nephew, and like a lot of very, very prominent family, the Greenwald family. So her mother, Mrs. Lieberman's mother, is a Greenwald, and Shlomo Lieberman is named after Shlomo Greenwald. Um, so this is Yaakov Greenwald, 
flying, I'd say next to him and he's flying to Israel. This is, he, he, I mean, if he's alive now, he's in his mid-90s. A long time ago, and he was older then. Uh, so it's talking like, who, who, who do you deal with who has anxiety? Like, who are the anxious people you deal with? So he told me, you know, he has, a lot of them were Gentiles, but he said of the Jews, of the religious Jews, he has two groups who are, which are large. He said, number one are briskers. What's a brisker? A brisker is a person who takes on a, a very, very serious yeshiva student. Who, who, there's a famous family, the Soloveitchik family, that were very, very from. They had lots of chumras and stringencies. Chaim Soloveitchik, Velvol Briskerov. And they were known for lots of chumras. And like today, brisk is a popular yeshiva. So these kids think they're a Chaim Soloveitchik and they can't handle it. They're like imitating Rabbi Chaim Soloveitchik. So imagine if I'm sorry. <coughs> I tell you, the Vilna Gaon got two hours of sleep a night. You get it. It's true. He had four, he slept two hours a day, four intervals a half hour. So what do you think would happen with 99.9999999% of, of religious Jews if they try that? They'll have a nervous breakdown. That, that's going to happen. They're going to have a nervous breakdown. They, they will physically get sick. They'll emotionally be sick. They will, they will damage themselves spiritually. And if I tell you that this rabbi sat there for 18 hours a day, didn't move from a, a seat and studied like the, like the Meshachachma did for periods of like the Orsamech did, and someone tries to do that, they're going to be, they're going to jump off a roof. They're not, who are you, you crazy? But they hear this story about this great sage, and they try to imitate that. So those are the first type of group he has. So you have to know your limitations. That's, yeah, those are, the, right. He said the second major group are Bali Tshuva. He says, why Bali Tshuva and Bali Tshuvas? He says, they change their, their, their whole lives, and they lose themselves in the process. So you change yourself, your whole insides, so you can lose who you are. And you start doing things and it's not real. So you've got to be very, very careful when you're doing chassidus. Even though, as I mentioned, this is the spitz. This is the best. This is where we're actually headed. This is, it's amazing. There's nothing better than to be a yid who is close to Hashem, who loves serving Hashem, who's, who's geschmack. But it has to be real. It has to be you. It has to be with depth of understanding. It has to be a proper approach to it. It has to be a, a, a valid approach, not a Kabbalah center or some other craziness that you can read about. Uh, you know, like there's all kinds of crazy things out there that the religious Jews could possibly do. Um, there's all kinds of amazing stripes of, of Torah. So what's true chassidus, though? What's the real chassidus, though? Nevar Atta, now I'm going to sp- explain the real chassidus. I'll say that. In a shorish chassidus, the root of real piety in ches and is of, of chassidus. It's worth it to wake up this morning just to hear this line. The root of real chassidus um, is with, it's a gemara and brachas yudzayin is asher adam sheamalu b'tayra. It's a person, it's a particular man whose toil is in tayra. They want to bring satisfaction to his creator. They want to. Be pleasing to Hashem. What's a great spouse? You want to please your spouse. You want to be a work-done individual. You, know, you don't just please your spouse. You want to be a great self. Yourself should be good. So you want to be Torah, and you want to be a great spouse. This is like an, a chassid. They want to be amal b'tayra, they're into tayra, and they're looking how could I be pleasing to HaKadosh Baruch Hu? by doing this act of kindness, this act of charity, by helping this person, by praying, by doing this extra this extra thing because I'm concerned maybe Torah really wants us to do this 
by, by, by thinking about, I mean, what, what, how can I serve you, Hashem? You give me so much. The world's amazing. Much easier to say that when you're walking in San Jose. Last Wednesday, where was it last Wednesday? I was leaving Lakewood. And the humidity, heat, pouring rain. Right? Can't believe the weather here is so much nicer. Driving is so much calmer. Okay, so we don't have the coffee stations like they have. I get the coffee. Food, I'll go and but right. It's a much pleasant, more pleasant walk here. That's for sure. Right? And driving is whew, much better for your blood pressure. It's a great world. You want to serve Hashem? What can I do for you? How? What, what can I think to? to, to how, how can I serve you, Hakadosh Baruch Hu? Well, how can I be there for you? Uh, uh, Hashem. That's what a, a, a real chassid does. Right? A real chassid looks how he, could he go ahead and serve uh, and, 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 and serve Hashem. Uh, now the Rav Chal is going to elaborate on this. The Indian who can mitzvahs hamutos, I'll call you strong. The bottom line mitzvahs, the 613 uh, mitzvahs, by the way, this guy, who, this Catholic who stopped me and then asked me what my tassels were about. As I'm speaking, he's speaking about my tzitzis. That's asking me. That's a long it's a reminder for six hundred thirteen mitzvahs. Uh, so the mitzvahs we all know about six hundred thirteen mitzvahs. The chavos and yadua and heichal megas. It's very easy. You want to know what six hundred thirteen mitzvahs? Black and white. It's books. You can look it up. Yeah, chabad.org has it. Ish.com has it. Many good Jewish books. There's some d- debate what exactly the six hundred thirteen mitzvahs are, but you can not hard thing to find out. You want to keep the bail? You want to do that, right? You know, you want to. I, I you read the ksuba at the wedding last week. I made, so I made the chaser read the ksuba. He's signing with his obligation. I make the witnesses. You're signing. It's a contract. It's a deal over here. The ksuba is like a bare knuckle thing. It's not really, if you have your marriage, okay, honey. Here's the ksuba. I have to do this. And I have to do this and this. Okay, I'm free. See you later. <laughs> that's a, that's not a marriage. That's not, you, have a, you have a deal. You have a, you have a contract. You have a, you're in a partnership. That's what you do. Just purely contract. You know, I signed a contract as a rabbi. Do think I ever opened my contract? If I had to sit there and look, oh, where does my contract say? That's what I always say. I tell, I get, a, you know, at this point, I act a little crazy. I'm almost like a veteran rabbi. Uh, no, obviously not that, that much. But, you know, I have people consulting. So I always tell them, you write a contract. It's not for, it's just to, as a security basis. If you're going to be looking at your, your board at your contract, if you're going to go, oh, Rabbi, you've got to do this, and board, you said this, then you're in big trouble. <laughs> That's a, that is not the way life is supposed to go, right? Shh. Um, That's not the way things are supposed to, uh, supposed to, so supposed to be. And the same thing is with the Kodesh Baruch Hu. You're going to sit there, oh, God, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. Do this. That's, that's not the way things are supposed to go. It's got to be Kishmak. It's got to be how can I how can I do more? So I'm a Misha Oivas Abaris Fakshimo Ava. Me, this is a person who really loves Hakadosh Baruch Hu, really loves Hashem. Lo Yishtadal. It's not like questioning. What can I get out of it? What's the bare the bare minimum? The Mashik Farmu Forsim and Achayva Asha Al Yisobeklal Ela Yikrul Koshikum and Oyav Aviv. Person, it's like. You know, you see certain children have to take care of their parents. Nothing is enough. They love that parent. What could I do for my mother? What could I do for my father? How could I compensate them for life? For what they give and they just want to give to the parent. And they do amazing things. And if they, the ones really, they, they, they insinuate something. 
You know, if you're in a marriage like that, you're a lucky, you're a lucky person. In any way, you know, person's like, actually, I saw an amazing thing. I was actually on the way last Sunday to the wedding. Amazing. I was, I was very impressed. I was on the way last, last uh, yes, last the wedding. I was in United, SFO to Newark. I was in row three. Right next to was row two. And in row two, there was a, a, a husband and wife. And I see this, they're not non-Jews. And I see the husband standing there, and the wife's looking at him, what are you stressing? You're stressing. I know you're stressing. So we, I know what you're thinking about. What are you worrying about that? And she said to him, tell me what you're thinking about. I saw, I was like, literally, it, it was two feet, you know, I was, like, me to this table, that's how close I was, like, really not by the rope. So I heard the whole conversation. So, he, I couldn't hear what he said, but he mumbled to her. So I knew it. What are you worrying? What are you thinking? You know, and she started making him laugh. I was like, I was amazed. I was like, that was great. That's a real wife. That's guy sitting there, his own echo chamber in his mind. You know, when people get worried, the stress, you know what stress does to a person? Breaks down your immune system. Really does. Stress kills a person slowly. Like, just destroys her. It saps your energy. Hurts you. And, and usually it's over the dumbest things. It's just like, and it echoes. And here this woman, sees her house like that. And she got him out of it. I was like, wow, that's amazing. That's the way it should be. So what could I... Uh, she doesn't have stress, but what... But that notion, that notion of what could I do? How could I help? That's, that's the, the, the world of a chassid. Um, you want to do whatever I can. Universe in, uh, the, the Torah says, it's a good idea to do this. Well, good idea. I want to do that good idea. It's proper. It's righteous to do this. I want to do that. Do I have to do it? No, I don't have to do it. Now again, we're going to talk about who you are, where you are, what you know, what you know, how it fits into the complete package. Sometimes a good idea one way hurts something else, right? You know, there's a there's a check and balance. There's a cost. There's a cost benefit analysis over here, right? But if it's a good idea, at least it comes out like, could I do this? Should I do this? Could I help? Right? I was just talking to a family this week about doing something, and, and it was like there's a cost benefit analysis. There's a good thing to do, but it didn't. There are other issues. There are other there are other It's not everything is black and white. <laughs> Most of life is very gray. There's lots of different options, lots of different pressures going on concurrently and simultaneously. But the cost is looking because they're overarching. They want to connect us, and they want to do for us. That's what they think about. That's what motivates them. That's what's pulsating through their, their mind. Um, there's a Gemara in Menachos that says, this is a nice thing to do, they'll do it. It's a Zayar that says this. Oh, the Zayar says this. They don't have to do it, but it's a Zayar. If I can do the Zayar, I want to do the Zayar. I want to do the Zayar. Right? Now, should you do the Zayar? Maybe get to speak to a, a competent Rabbi, maybe it's not for you. Maybe it doesn't make sense for you. But if you could and you should, then maybe you should, right? Lots of gamash a little bit Even if you're not obligated to do it. The woman comes to, to Mincha, to Dava Mincha. Some ladies here come from Mincha. Are they obligated? No one's going to say obligated. Maybe if you're Dava better, it's an act of piety, you're a minion. It's a good thing. It's not a scary Kaddish. Here the chauffeur, you're not obligated to the chauffeur. But if you could, you're the chauffeur. Be more of it. Now, I would say, if my wife would do some of these things, it'd be mamish reckless. First of all, if you have little kids walking the streets, 
Pashas Sakanas and Pashas, you know, it would probably affect my schedule and, and, and that wouldn't be a good thing for her or for me. You know, I mean, there's a, you've got to hedge when things out, but if you could, of course you should. You know, the Torah, for a reason, does not obligate women in positive mitzvahs, some of them, a few of them, for good reason. But if you could do it, or, or if there's, or you have to have guests every week, but you read these stories, certain people had guests every week, because they had, they, their love of Hashem and people were so great. But let's say you're not up to having guests every week, and you do it, what's going to happen to you? It'll be like the Villa Goyen. That guy managed to go, have a breakdown, the person who can't handle, handle having guests every week. Same thing, it's, you got to know who you are. You got to know where it applies, but you have to have that, that desire to do. You got to have that desire to come. And if you really have this amazing, gishmak, great relationship where you just want to bond and you want to do, and you're being a chassid, you don't even need the explanation. It will be even the insinuation, even a good idea, even something that's an act of piety that you go ahead to. We're going we're gonna to spell this out. We're going to delineate this. We're going to expand upon all this in the weeks ahead. Ladies, Elul, take advantage. Okay. Hey.